Welcome to the Rad United, everyone. I am Superfly Steve, your host and the lone host for the Rad United, and welcome to our premiere episode of the Rad United, T-R-U, or true, I don't know, you guys decide what it's going to be, and you, you pick the hashtags and all that good stuff, that, that, that'll that happen organically, but the Rad United, um, what we're here for, and here's what to expect from the show, I really just wanted a platform, and podcasting is a great one, where I could discuss by myself, with an audience, a little bit of hot topics on video games, comic books, movies, TV, um, Without going too crazy, without having to set up a YouTube channel with a lighting and video camera. And to be honest, I, I, not everyone has a thousand bucks to, to spend on that. However, I did have a hundred to spend on a mic, a pop filter, a stand, and a, a laptop that I already had. So I'm going to be making the most of that, the most use of that. And that's pretty much what the show is going to be about. A little bit of those topics, some pop culture, some tech in there as well. What you get from me, I am by no means an industry expert. I work in the tech industry. I work in marketing. So you might get a sense of that in my commentary, in my reviews, and my impressions of games and, and, and other mediums um, and, and, and other entertainment um, methods and, and mediums. Um, and and, and it, it'll probably resound in it. It'll probably be in there somewhere there will be a sprinkle of the marketing in there but then again there will also be a sprinkle of fanboy and a sprinkle of gamer and a sprinkle of comic book art enthusiast and uh, hobbyist uh, at heart what i also would like eventually is some eventual community involvement um, after all it's the rad united for a reason and you guys are all rad and you're all united and i want you guys to um hit me up Hit me up on Twitter, hit me up on social media, and, and tell me a little bit about what you would like in the future, what topics you would like me to discuss. Now, there will be a frequency of one episode a week for the Rad United. That's the only way that I can kind of stay motivated and doing a full-on, full-blown show. However, um, something that you'll see some other you know, podcasting channels or, or some other um, teams do is... is I'll have what I call side quests. And now by side quests, obviously I used a, a video game term there. Um, at any kind of random moment, I can kind of come in, record a 15 to 25 minute little snippet of me um, talking a little bit about uh, maybe a review of a game or, or a show that I've been watching, uh, giving my impressions on um, the Nintendo Switch, which I will be doing in a side quest, uh, maybe today, maybe tomorrow, I'm not sure. Uh, and, and it'll be on the feed eventually. So what you're going to see is a lot of side quests like that, where I, I love to come in and just talk about something for 15 to 20 minutes. And and what I'll have is that golden, or 15, 20 minutes, 15, 25, that golden 5K rule, as I call it. If you're a good 5K runner, well, 15 to, 15 to 16 minutes, great. If you're an okay average 5K runner, well, 25, 26 minutes is your time. So what I want, my goal with these little side quests are little things. And if you're going to go for a quick workout or some cardio, you can pop this on, listen to my beautiful, sultry voice, talk about all the stuff that you like to talk about. And, and you know, that's pretty much it. It doesn't drag on. I'm not going into these crazy fucking tangents like you'll hear guys do sometimes it's not overwhelmingly annoying and long and these guys talking about their kids and whatnot my personal life is awesome and we'll get into that 
We'll talk. We'll learn about each other. But at the same time, this is not what that's going to be about. If you're interested in opinion, you're interested in commentary, you're interested in shorter tangents, not long tangents, um, and and most importantly, you're interested in in very compelling content that will get you going um, whether you're working in an office or uh, working on a construction, uh, maybe hopefully don't put headphones when you're on a construction site, but you know what I mean. It'll get you through the day. And that's what really what I want to do. So if that's not being, if you're on the phone right now and you're listening to this, or even on your computer, go up to Twitter, open your Twitter app, look up at SupaFlySteve, so Supa, S-U-P-A, Fly, Steve, follow me and talk to me. Is there something you want to talk about? Is there a segment that you would like to add to the show? Do you want any? Do you have any suggestions for how we can make the show better, or, or what you would like to hear? What's what's some of, what are some of the hot topics that you would like to uh, to talk about? So yeah, don't hesitate. Hit me up, and I, I love to talk to you guys. And eventually, I'd love to get this community growing, uh, where you know we don't even have to do anything. You guys kind of dictate where what I'm going to be talking about, and uh, you'll get to get my commentary, uh, my. Um, Beautifully constructed commentary and sultry commentary uh, about whatever you want to talk about. And I want to talk about Battlefield 1. Um, I was a little bit, I was a little adamant about Battlefield 1. Um, and for, you know, from the reveal, which showed them resorting back to the World War 1, World War 2 kind of, uh, Gameplay and zones and timeline to uh, the EA event in the summer. If you guys remember during E3, there was like the EA event, and that was just weird. Just like Snoop Dogg and another dude playing it, and they didn't look too entertained. Um, but now that I have people around me that have purchased it, I have it as well. My copy's still sealed, and I gotta open it and and, and dabble into a single player before doing anything. Is how I'm going to approach this. I feel like it's it's definitely going to be a game I'll be playing uh, right into to 2017. Just with what I've seen on Twitch and the comments that I've been getting in the reviews that that uh, have been genuinely or generally uh, positive all around. Um, for example, I have IGN's review right in front of me, and it, and, and it it gives it a nine. IGN's review gives it a 9.0. Uh, stating, and I quote, that its old-timey weapons and vehicles bring immense personality to its compelling single-player and multiplayer, end quote. Now, that's probably one of the things that 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 I was afraid of, the whole old-timey vibe behind Battlefield. The tanks and the uh, the older guns that weren't necessary, super automatic, crazy rocket launchery type, even though there are, you know, shitload of explosives in this game uh, from what I saw in the beta and what I'll probably get to see when I pop it in later on tonight. Um, <clears throat> the most important thing for me for, for this was gameplay, I think. That was probably the deciding factor. And... What we see from Wired's review, and, and the, the reviewer uh, Daniel Starkey writes, and I quote, It's not to say that multiplayer isn't fun. It's colossal chaos, it's thunderous and entertaining, but it's the single-player vignettes that show the gaming industry what it's been missing from its war games for years. And this is what kind of gets me excited about 
testing out Battlefield eventually and and, and um, popping it into my my console. It's because it is a genre of war games uh, that is, or FPS games, if you want to put it in those terms, that has been saturated with so many yearly editions of these games. Um, just a little side note: Battlefield One has now outsold Battlefield Four and Hardline in the in the span of a week. It's not even it hasn't even been out a week yet, and it's outsold uh, two of their their current gen. Uh, titles, which which is to me baffling. It it kind of shows that in the end, it really doesn't matter where the setting is or what you're going to be showing or what kind of story you'll be telling. But if you have something that's compelling enough, and if you have gameplay that holds its own, that stands on its head, and is better than some of the offerings that we're getting these days, these these bare bones almost offerings that are empty and have no soul. Uh, maybe you can get somewhere. And I feel, again, reading these these reviews and, and garnering all these comments that that's what we're getting with Battlefield 1. And keep in mind that I'll be doing a side quest uh, episode of Battlefield where I'll just kind of be talking for 15, 20 minutes about my impressions of single player. Maybe I'll do one about multiplayer as well and tell you how many times, what, what my KD is and how many times I got my tank exploded or uh, tried to... to Attempted a dogfight and and fought by myself and crashed. That's probably what's going to happen. Maybe I'll just stick to assault or, or medic. Um. So yeah, that's that's what's probably great. And those were my main concerns with Battlefield heading into uh, its release, its impending release, and even after the the beta left me, it kind of left me wanting more. I I was very impressed with the beta, the immersion, the the full-scale battling, the 64 players all over the place kind of going crazy from checkpoint to checkpoint and spawn point to spawn point, using these vehicles with two or three of your teammates and and capturing point to point, actually working as a team, whether you're communicating with them over a microphone or not. And and, and I kind of love that. That, that whole thing. And I was lucky enough to be on vacation when the beta came out. I was ecstatic. I, I played that, that thing the whole week. Um, To kind of continue on with, with some of the reviews and what some of the reviews are saying here, uh, Polygon's Arthur Geis mentions that, and I quote, Battlefield 1 feels like a move away from the military shooter doctrine. And it, it's very similar to, to what uh, Wired's reviewer said in, 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 in the sense that I think that these war game or FPS game studios and publishers got complacent. They really did. They they were much more happy in creating, uh, and even Battlefront up to a certain extent, um, they were much happier creating a format of a product, so the FPS genre, that was almost you know rinse and repeat than to innovate. And to dare push the limits and the boundaries of what storytelling and how far storytelling can go and how far a multiplayer experience can go. Now, whether that is also the case for Call of Duty later on this year, from what I've seen, it could very well be the case. They are putting, you know, it is is infinite warfare. They are pushing it into the future. They are introducing a whole mess of new technology to to uh, to to the game and to the genre. And these are polar opposite games. One game is set into in, in World War One, 
and the other one is set in space. <laughs> so whether Advanced uh, Infinite Warfare can do the same for Call of Duty and for that franchise, which in my opinion desperately needs to be revived, people play it. People will always play it. But the same goes for NHL and FIFA and Madden and whatnot and all these EA games. But that doesn't make them great games. NHL has been on a decline. Madden is uh, coming back. FIFA is almost being overtaken by its 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 main competitor, uh, Pro Evolution Soccer. And this is just I'm talking about these game these sports games because they're yearly games. Those are the only, in my opinion, games that compare to what these yearly FPS offerings um, have to offer or have to give. And and I th- and I think that in the end, if if Battlefield One is doing something where they are innovating and are capable of telling us a story and, and telling us exactly how it would have or putting us exactly into a very immersive experience as to how it would have been if we were actually the person a soldier in that war regardless of the the, the team that we were on or the nation that we were representing or the, the uh, faction that we were representing then that says a lot about video games and where video games can go so I look, I look forward to um, playing. I look forward to playing Battlefield One and, and giving you my impressions uh, in one of these side quest episodes that I was mentioning uh, mentioning before. So hopefully, uh, you keep your ears open for that. It'll be on the SoundCloud feed. I've yet to get accepted for an iTunes feed, but it'll it'll get there. And, and those kind of people that are, are, are subscribing to it and downloading, number one, thank you very much for doing that. And number two, well, hey. Might be a little late, but everyone wants to hear about Battlefield One. This game is is uh, garnering so many positive and um, very impressive reviews that it's it's we're going to be talking about this game for a little while this year for sure. Switching it to TV because I do that because hey, it's my fucking show. I do whatever the fuck I want. Um, Westworld. For those of you that don't know about Westworld, um, this was originally a Michael Crichton movie in the 70s or written by Michael Crichton who also did, uh, I don't know, a small fucking book called Jurassic Park slash movie also called Jurassic Park, which then the sequel and uh, last year's uh, Jurassic World. Uh, Basically, it's a theme park where uh, androids or quote-unquote hosts is what they called them. are uh, experiencing a little bit of a, or basically starting to experience uh, some cognitive feelings where they are experiencing memories, they are experiencing sentiments of revenge. Um, To kind of give you an idea of the episodes and how they kind of break out, there's a storyline to these androids in this theme park. The visitors can kill them, the visitors can pillage them, they can rape them, they can dismember them, eviscerate them, and the androids cannot hurt the visitors. Now, that being said, uh, this is getting to the androids, and and they are starting, well, three episodes in, you're starting to see that they're remembering all this really dirty, nasty stuff that's happening to them uh, at the hands of the visitors, at the hands of the guests. Uh, this is on HBO. Uh, it runs about an hour on Sundays. I'd like to start off by mentioning that I'm absolutely infatuated by uh, by Evan Rachel Wood's character and, and her performance so far. 
her character is called Dolores. Um, and, and it seems as though Dolores, just based off of the fact that she's, you know, since it's every day is the same day, you see Evan Rachel Wood's character, or Dolores, uh, wake up every day the same way in her bed, you know, in the shot, that beautiful kind of shot, overhead shot of her as she's sleeping uh, and then opening her eyes and that kind of rings the bell for a new day uh, to both the character, the host, and the viewer at home. I feel like she has a big part to play in the story, and I'm very interested in seeing uh, how far this is going to go. I'm three episodes in, like I said, and I've I've yet to watch last night, at time of recording, last night's episode, which was episode four. Uh, But we'll be be talking about this. I'm not going to be talking about this every week. I'll go into, you know, the last three, maybe the last four, last five, maybe at the end of the season, we'll kind of do a little bit of a review and what we thought of the first season. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Like I said... Um, a lot of it will depend on you guys and, and how you feel about the uh, the whole thing. In in a Westworld has such a star studded cast. Uh, Anthony Hopkins is is brilliant still. Uh, he's the, the kind of the, the the park runner, the park creator. He had a partner. That partner no longer exists. Is no longer in play. So that's kind of a mystery there that we want to learn about and discover and see what's going on. Um, and he, he kind of gives off that heavily, it's a very toned, but a heavily yet toned psychotic vibe uh, of a man that's kind of, he's kind of obsessed uh, with, with his craft. And, and um, I definitely feel like he's hiding important pieces of information uh, to us, the viewers, and, and to the, the people that are running the park. And uh, obviously to the, to the host as well. Um, the, you know what? The, the, the series itself is infinite potential. Uh, what they'll do, and you'll, you'll see if you, if you watch these episodes eventually, uh, Anthony Hopkins' character um, is rewriting a new storyline for these hosts because they're in a, a theme park, a Wild West theme park. So they kind of rewrite storylines, and these hosts are involved in different storylines. And there seems to be a focal point now on how these hosts will interact with each other based on their interactions in previous storylines. So if I was a host and I killed you, who are also a host in a previous storyline, you might come back in another storyline because of your memory. Because you are, even though your memory gets wiped clean every day, you're a robot, you're an android, uh, there is a deep cognitive feeling there inside of you inside of your mind where you feel the need to come back and murder me brutally which they can do to each other uh, but not to guests and yes like I said guests can go crazy on them piss on them kill them murder them rape them whatever they want to do um, so yeah, a lot of potential. So these storylines are going to open so many different doors and, and characters that maybe don't interact with each other in one storyline, story but have spoken to each other in another will have feelings, you know, not necessarily good feelings about one another if they do this, you know, if they do run into each other again in another storyline in season five, season six, however long it goes. I mean, with Kaya, with Game of Thrones, um, finishing up, I believe this year, uh, HBO is going to be on the hunt for something 
that is going to last. And I think that Westworld, if it's taken care of correctly with the writing and the directing and the acting, can can run six or seven seasons if it is supported well by uh, its creative staff. So Westworld, watch it. Talk to me a little bit on Twitter. Just, you know, tell me what you feel about it. Tell me what you would like to see from from the show. What are your theories? You know, for one, I think that the white hat cowboy and the black cowboy are the same person. That's one of mine that I read it online, and I kind of I kind of enjoyed that. I don't know. I don't have anything to back it up, but I think that the white cowboy and the black black hat cowboy are the same person. The ones from the future and ones from the past, or whatever, ones from the present. And one got stuck in the game in there for 50 years or whatever. And the other one is a host, but he got cloned. And I just, yeah, I just confused myself there. But something will happen between those two. That's for sure. They're going to meet eventually. Um, I'm going to take a little bit of a sip of water here. Excuse me. One moment. It feels good. Yesterday, Sunday was the premiere of um, The Walking Dead, Season 7, I think. So, spoiler alert, I'm going to give you um, 10 seconds to pause this or skip ahead. Maybe don't skip ahead, pause it or stop listening. If I'm still talking about something from The Walking Dead, well, I'm sorry. 5, 4, 3, 2, and 1. So yesterday was the premiere episode of The Walking Dead. We ended last season with our ragtag gang of Walking Deaders, Rick and and all of them, um, held hostage or held at gunpoint and bat point uh, at the hands of the the, the Negan, which is Negan, just Negan, uh, who is the new uh, antagonist uh, for this season and maybe... Uh, upcoming seasons because they can drag this on as much as they want. They have a pop culture phenomenon right now so they can do whatever the fuck they want. And they have a lot of content in those books. So Negan's there for another... I think Negan's there for like over 50 or 60 books. I'm not sure. I'm not, I don't follow it on... I don't follow the comic but um, he's there for a while and there's definitely, definitely some some content that they can use uh, if they wish to see him uh, rule and, and stay as the main antagonist for a couple seasons. And so, yeah, when we left them, they were uh, being held at gunpoint and bat point at the hands of Negan and his, and his gang. And he was eeny, meeny, miny, mowing like that. Um, and was about to hit one of the cast members or one of the, the gang, the Rick's gang's members, uh, over the head with his um, barbed wired covered bat, baseball bat, called Lucille. It's also B.B. King's guitar, if I'm not mistaken. Fun fact. Fun fact, uh, Mondays with Steve. Uh, so again, spoiler alert. You have five seconds. Five, four, three, two, one. He, at first, and you've watched this. If you're listening, you've watched this. He uh, decides to go for Abraham, uh, who takes it, who Negan says, uh, quote-unquote, uh, you're taking it like a champ. Who takes it like a champ? Takes a hit. Really massive hit to the head, gets back up, tells him to suck his nuts, and then takes a series of uh, really vicious uh, shots to the back of the head, or shots to the head. Um, 
Sorry about that. You're going to be hearing me uh, moving around a lot. Just one quick moment. We're going to charge our uh, charge our laptop because uh, if not, I'm going to lose it. And um, so yeah, that's 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 one of the things that happens. Uh, I mean, it, it was a. Uh, Abraham was a great character, and I loved what he did for the show, and and I loved that kind of badassery, especially at the beginning of last season, where he kind of just destroys everyone, or last season, or the second part of last season, where he destroys, unfortunately, some of the guys uh, from Negan's uh, gang with uh, uh, a rocket launcher. He pretty much kills everyone and and leaves them uh, to be uh, fodder. Fortunately, he has to take it. He has to take the back to the the bat uh, to the back of the head, and then multiple times, leaving him a bloody, splattered mess on the floor. Uh, it cuts to uh, it cuts to Rick, and 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 his whole thing with Negan and Negan is kind of saying that he's going to work with uh, Rick's going to have to work with him and Rick's gang is going to have to work for rather for Negan um, and threatening Rick and putting Rick in a very precarious situation you saw all that and and whatever you know that'll that I'm looking forward to that Rick and Negan relationship developing uh, later on this season uh, but most importantly, and, and I, we, we all have this in the pit of our head, or still some some of us still have this in the pit of our stomach, um, Glenn, after you, you're under the impression that Abraham will be the only person to go, the only cast member or, or character to go, Glenn, our beautiful Glenn, who had survived last season, survived the scare last season, by hiding under a dumpster. Or inside it, I'm not sure where you hit. He is unfortunately the second person to fall at Negan's uh, bat, uh, Lucille. And he falls in, in uh, actually much more devast- not devastating, but devastatingly looking fashion in comparison to Abraham. Abraham gets his fucking head beat up, beat in. But man, Glenn takes a shot, gets back up, and his eyes like popping out of his skull, man. And that was like quite, that was like, honestly, that was one of the coolest fucking things, fucking makeup. And this is a show about zombies where makeup is king. That was one of the coolest things I saw on a main character. So many main characters became zombies and Shane being one of them and then whatnot. But this was, he he didn't become a, he does not become a zombie. He's, well, he's zombified because he fucking got hit in the head by a baseball bat covered in barbed wire. Lucille, also B.B. King's guitar. But he looks like fucking Arnold Schwarzenegger in Total Recall. Like when he's on Mars. His head's like, his eyes like popping out of his head. Great job to the makeup team there on on The Walking Dead. And that was an awesome, uh, awesome ending and an awesome way to say goodbye to, or awesome, I guess. I guess. uh, Way to say goodbye to to Glenn. And then we're going to miss him. And he, he, I mean, from the beginning, from the first season... Glenn's just a normal guy. He's a pizza guy, a pizza delivery guy. He's not a, a trained sheriff. He's not a trained cop. Um, but then in the end, he kind of shows you what it takes to survive. And it's unfortunate that he met his untimely end at the hands of a human and not a walker. 
uh, or zombies or whatever. So yeah, rest in peace, Glenn. And now as far, you know, obviously one episode in, and Negan is The Walking Dead's most gruesome fucking, well, especially because of Lucille, but he's the most gruesome antagonist that this this uh, that this show has ever had already. And that's one episode in. I can, I'm, and I was talking about this with a colleague today, and I think that <laughs> I think that he's not done there, and there'll be some some other people to fall out or to that bat or you know fall to his mayhem and fall to his madness, really. Um, but that's usually what it is with men of power, right? So they they uh, shoot first and don't really ask questions. They're just you know if they feel like they were disrespected, they will kill, which kind of explains. Probably explains Glenn's demise, but, you know, what's done is done, I guess. And rest in peace, Abraham and Glenn. And I'm looking forward to to talking about The Walking Dead with you guys. Maybe not or not on a weekly basis because sometimes it's just character development. And I don't want to be here and talking for for 30 minutes about The Walking Dead uh, if it's just a show about fucking Carol and her baking cookies. Uh, but if it's a notable show, if it's, um, if it's a, a, a show, an episode that will change the landscape of of the show forever then yeah for sure i'll make the commentary and we'll we'll talk about a good episode of the walking dead obviously if someone dies you might see it on the rad united um last week we had two relatively big announcements uh nintendo unveiled its new console and you're gonna get my impressions of that on a side quest episode, which should be posted either later tonight, uh, or I should be recording it either later tonight or uh, tomorrow. And uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 was announced officially. And I was super excited. Now, you see, at the beginning of the show, I was kind of talking to you about my kind of insight and how I really enjoy uh, the way that Rockstar marketed this, quote-unquote. Uh, where they teased us on social media, one just by changing their social media profile pictures to a red the, that famous R and star square logo they have their famous logo with kind of the same uh, grungy look that that uh, we've uh, grown accustomed to with with Red Dead the Red Dead series or most importantly most notably Red Dead Redemption. And that had the people talking. Is it a sequel? Is it a prequel? Is it a remastered? Is because everyone's releasing remastered. It's the most fucking disgusting thing of all time. I saw Batman. Uh, I'm in Canada, granted, but I saw Batman for like fifty nine ninety nine yesterday. I went to kill myself. What the fuck? What the? I played all these games. You're not gonna charge. How dare you charge me sixty bucks for something that's already been done? You've you've made your money back on this. You've. I understand it was a remastered, so you had to hire people to remaster it and make it look better and nice and clean and whatever and coded for for PS4 or whatever the fuck you had to do. But fifty nine ninety nine, are you fucking joking? This is W fucking B Camp Montreal. One of these games is WB Montreal. Some of them are rock steady, but one of these is WB Montreal. I mean, what the fuck? Are you joking? I, I think I'm not sure. Anyways, yeah, <laughs> short tangent over. Um, so yeah, they teased us with that by changing their social media logos, changing their social media emblems or, or avatars or whatever, and then they uh, went ahead and and um. They went ahead and, and, and post a second picture this on the Monday of some cowboys in the distance or the shadows of some cowboys, the outlines of some cowboys with the same kind of color scheme, the the, the blood red and the uh, 
uh, the grungy look. And they said that um, uh, a trailer would be uh, available or shown on a really short trailer at that, a 60-second trailer, 68 seconds, I think, uh, to be precise, would be shown on Thursday, which they did right after or you know, kind of an hour after the Nintendo Switch announcement. Every time I say Nintendo Switch, I think about the Will Smith sound, a song now and look that up on YouTube if you... That's a little side a little side note here, but look up Nintendo Switch, Will Smith, and it's killing me. I've had that song in my head for a week. Um, Yeah, so, I mean, from what we saw in the trailer, to be honest, we didn't see fucking much. <laughs> we didn't see fuck all. Um, but they did a fantastic job of, of hyping us up for a game that's going to be coming out in a year. Uh, that being said, I'm looking at the preview image, not the, the the Rockstar logo, but the preview image aside from what we saw in the trailer. And I don't, I don't, I don't want to go in there and break it down. There's there's guys that are, there's sites and websites and podcasts that are much, much better than that, doing that than I am. And, and you can listen to those. IGN has a good one. GameSpot, everyone has much, much, uh, kind of funny. Uh, everyone has much better... Uh, <laughs> much better breaks down than I uh, breakdowns than I do. However, w- my kind of analysis of it all is maybe that maybe it's a prequel. Maybe it's the story of uh, you know John Marston and his gang of outlaws before Red Dead One, while intertwining some of the you know some present day uh, storyline with his son or whatever. I don't. Who knows, really? Um, a cool thing about all this is that the PSN or PlayStation Network UK Twitter account announced that uh, they're, uh, you're going to be seeing Red Dead 1 on PS Now soon. Um, and then, sorry about that. And I'm excited to get back in. Actually, I, I'm, I haven't even tested out PS Now. So I'm kind of excited to get back into it. Uh, into an open Western world, especially after uh, what we spoke about a couple minutes ago, Westworld. I'm kind of looking forward to uh, to doing that. And I, like I said, I haven't even tested out PS Now, so I think that once that drops, I'll be all over that, uh, like uh, like bees on honey. Uh, before I kind of let you guys go, and then we're going into the tail end of the show, I wanted to uh, introduce you to a segment called Now Playing. Now playing, uh, and what I'll be talking about in now playing is video games that I'm playing, comic books that I might be reading or rereading, books, movies that I, I, I maybe I watched that you should watch as well. Uh, yeah, all that good stuff is going to be in my now playing. I'm just going to talk a little bit about it, and, and feel free to tell me what you're playing, so I can comment on that. At Superfly Steve on Twitter, I'm going to repeat it several times, but it'll it'll get there. We'll we'll get there together. Um. So yeah, after restarting the fucking game, eleven hours in, I finally beat Fire Emblem Awakening, an old game. You're probably saying, "What the fuck is this guy talking about? Is this like 2012 or 2013? What the what the fuck are you saying?" I, I just I just got a Nintendo 3DS, um, a new Nintendo 3DS. There's like a Mario version. Um, so I love the GBA games, and, and uh, I thought it was a fun uh, overall experience that I was capable of either playing in short bursts or chapter by chapter, um, or, or you know what, in longer in a longer gaming session as well, which was cool. 
Sorry about that. It's a little cold outside, and, and, and I'm coughing on you. On you. You get my germs. Uh, I'm also on my 3DS playing, uh, replaying Super Metroid. And it kind of hit me over the weekend. This is like my fifth or sixth time playing this. And it always amazes me as to how much this game holds up. From level design to gameplay, man, man Super Metroid is, is one of the best games of all time. And you know what? A new segment inside new segment, or segment inside segment, segmentception, we need to go deeper. Super Metroid is our retro game of the week. Regal, the retro game of the week. Uh, because, hey, we, we can do that shit. It's our new show, and we can do whatever the fuck we want. So, Regal is Super Metroid for this week. If you have any suggestions on games that you would like to highlight in Regal, or Retro Game of the Week, hit me up on Twitter. You know what it is, right? At SuperflySteve. Just just tell me the game that you would like to, to, to talk about and uh, why you'd like to talk about it. And if I can talk about it and give my insight, I will. If not, I'll just pick it and still talk about it based on what I will find on its Wikipedia page. Because that's, let's face it, that's how everyone does research these days. They just don't want to admit it. Luke Cage. Luke Cage, Luke Cage, Luke Cage. No, I'm not talking about the Netflix show. I watched that. Binged it. Loved it. Awesome. Music incredible. Action scenes. Storyline. Acting. Setting incredible. Can't wait for more seasons. Can't wait for The Defenders. Can't wait for Daredevil. Jessica Jones. That beautiful, beautiful Jessica Jones with those mom jeans or just jeans. But I digress. Yeah, Luke Cage. I'm diving into the comics, which I had never really read. I wasn't really interested in the comics ever. Uh, and they're very interesting reads for, for people that have that binged the Netflix show. So, yeah, really awesome. Awesome little thing that, that, to, to dive into. It's, it's fun to see the, influ- the influence of, of, of Luke Cage and where that all kind of came about and where that came from. So, very, very happy I'm, I'm, uh, I got to get into that. One little uh, game of mention before I let you guys go. Plants vs. Zombies Heroes. Free to play on, I think that I think it's on app on uh, iTunes or iOS and uh, Android as well. It's kind of like Hearthstone, but with Plants vs. Zombies. Uh, there's like so much single player content to this. You can play online. There's like tons of single player content I've been playing. I haven't played too, too much. I might have played maybe a total of two, three hours. On, off and on, on the john, on the couch, before going to bed. Um, and the, 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 what I really like about it, if you don't know about it, it's a it's a card game style, but with Plants vs. Zombies, pretty much it. Hearthstone, think of Hearthstone, think of whatever other card game that's out there. Pretty much it. Um, what I really love about it, and it's, it's kind of the same as in Blizzard's game, is where you don't necessarily need to buy packs in order to be competitive at this game if you're capable of building packs based off of what you're collecting and gathering on single player and gathering rather on single player uh, and, and and creating some competitive packs then you know you're going to be able to 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 uh to beat some people online if that's what you so choose to do and if not then there's a meaty experience uh single player wise so check it out plants vs zombies heroes shout out to all the people at um at that studio doing a really, really fantastic job and, and they look like they're, they're, they'll be updating this game and, and uh, having events for it. Uh, so I can't wait to, to 
keep going and, and leave it on my phone and hopefully uh, not drop off like I did with Pokemon Go. But that's another story for another day. Guys, I mean, man, I'm looking at my calendar here. That's pretty much it for the first show. 40 minutes. But I'm, I'm going to go with like HBO style stuff here. It's going to be between 40 and 50 minutes depending on how much I have to talk about. Guys, that's pretty much it for the show today. I'd like to thank you very much for the time that you have given me for your ears, for uh, hitting the subscribe button, the follow button, bookmarking the SoundCloud page, bookmarking the, or whatever the fuck you do, the RSS feeds. Follow me on Twitter. <laughs> I will repeat that shit until it fucking is ingrained in your brain. At SuperflySteve. Please subscribe if you have not done so. Of course, if you just randomly fell on this podcast because some Indian guy shared it on his uh, tech support website. Um, <laughs> please subscribe to the feed. Subscribe to the channel. There's going to be more stuff coming. If you're a potential advertiser or, or a potential sponsor and would like to reach out to me because, you, again, you love my social voice and you want me to read your copy material shoot me um yeah shoot me a tweet um or whatever or if not then you know dm me and then we can talk about business and and i'll have your people call my people and by my people i mean myself but with a, a cooler smoother voice and most importantly guys i want you guys to number one tell 10 of your friends so we can make this a party and hopefully they tell 10 of their friends and number two Until next time, please stay rad. Peace.